Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 Podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. We're back after a little bit of a break, uh, a somewhat unintended break, I would say. Blake, I uh, I know I've told you I, I ended up getting halfway through my drive back to New Orleans the, the day before Thanksgiving. Got about three hours uh, down the road on I-10 and then realized uh, I left my podcasting equipment. Uh, so it was, uh, it was either scrap Thanksgiving with the family or... or um, Miss, miss the FSU preview episode. So I, I do apologize to everybody that was really uh, counting on that FSU preview. Um, we wouldn't have told you anything totally groundbreaking. We both we both expected Florida to win big. And sure enough, Blake, here we are. Second straight year in a row, Florida wins big. And uh, pretty pretty fun weekend in the swamp. Yeah, absolutely. You know, whenever you pull those big wins off, Florida State um, has done surprisingly really well at, at you know in the swamp I, I didn't realize the streak of you know how many times they won was quite so long so I, I think this one you know I mentioned it when we did our score predictions I think this is one that Dan Mullen realized that they hadn't won in the swamp in quite some time and, and knowing that this is a rivalry game I, I think we both expected him for, to run that score up and, and he obviously did and you know, I think one of the funniest things to me is Florida's up big. You know, it, it, the game is is well out of reach, and and Dan pulls out a you know a trick pass with Kadarius Tony, and and mind you, Dante Lang did drop the pass, um, yeah. but you know Mullen's still pulling out all these trick plays and stuff up big. So it, I'm sure a lot of Florida fans love to see that. Yeah, you know, I I know Mullen kind of down talked, uh, you know, how aware of the rivalry he was, you know, going into the week and all that, and he kind of downplayed. Oh, you know, I haven't been paying attention to Florida FSU. Uh, I think part of that is is uh, Dan showing a little bit of swagger, like you know he couldn't care less what happened while he wasn't there. If he was there, they're you know they're going to win. He points out, yeah, well, we won last year and the year before, uh, you know, 2017. He's like, oh yeah, I watched that game. He's like, uh, I was taking a couple phone calls during that game, and you know, of course, Florida Athletics Director Scott Strickland tweets out yesterday, Sunday afternoon, that uh, he actually gave Dan Mullen the call to uh, hire him during halftime of that 2017 FSU game, and you know. <clears throat> If you remember, Felipe Franks threw a pick six in the first half of that game, and it just was really ugly. Uh, you know, in the swamp, everybody was kind of tuning out. Uh, just a really disappointing game. And uh, I think, you know, I think Scott Strickland realized Dan was the guy that could kind of turn things around from not only the quarterback standpoint, obviously what he did with Felipe, um, you know, but just the offense in general. And I think you're seeing now, I think Florida has really established itself as a serious, a serious presence in not just the SEC East, but um, back in the state of Florida, you know, they've beaten both Florida State and Miami this year. Both of those programs are at six and six. So to me, this feels like a, a real potential turning point for Florida. Um, obviously, there's a lot of work to do refilling some some holes on the roster that are going to be there next year. Um, but this is what you want to see when you're at Florida. I mean, you want to see a coach that has confidence in going out and beating his rival and then isn't going to let up on the gas, you know? Absolutely. You know, I, I agree. It seems like 
every year. Mullen gets a little bit more pieces to the building blocks. He's going to lose a lot of veteran players this year, and, and I'm sure a lot of those guys that made a big impact in, in the Swamp this past Saturday, you know, guys like Van Jefferson, you know, Freddie Swain. Um, Florida's going to have to replace a lot of these guys out wide. Uh, I was talking to some recruits that were on official visits over the past weekend, and we can get into that later, but you know, they were saying that obviously they've got four wide receivers to replace, um, and could have six depending on if some of these underclassmen, you mm -hmm. know, declare. So with how Florida has really leaned on the passing game this year, um, and the running game hasn't quite been there, you know, I, they, they definitely got some things to fix, but you know, I, I think you have to be surprised and, um, you know, really happy with how Mullen has, has really kind of jumped out from going from four and eight to 11 wins to 10 wins. So the future definitely seems bright. Um, and, and getting these wins over these in-state rivals and, you know, kind of having that little bit of, uh, you know, bragging rights in the state whenever it comes to it's recruiting huge. and whatnot. It's big. Yeah. Well, uh, Blake, let's go ahead and let's address kind of the elephant in the room. I know we had talked about it prior to uh, the Missouri game in our Missouri preview podcast about the quarterback room. Um, you know, that was right after Dan Mullen kind of told us that, you know, Felipe Franks most likely was not going to be ready for spring ball with the ankle injury that he suffered. Um you know, and, and as as we were kind of looking at this thing, you know, our thought process was if Felipe Franks wasn't going to be available for spring ball, that it was going to be a very, very difficult thing for him to choose to come back. Given the way that Kyle Trask has played, it just it didn't make sense for Franks to come back unless he got a guarantee to to basically be the starting quarterback in the fall. And the way that Kyle Trask has played, I said at the time, I don't think Dan Mullen can give him that kind of guarantee. So. Felipe Franks yesterday, if you haven't heard the news already, I'm assuming you did based on the, the kind of numbers we saw on our site yesterday. Um, but if you haven't heard the news yet, Felipe Franks is going to go ahead and pass up his final year of eligibility at Florida. We don't know yet whether or not he will enter the NFL draft. He said he's going to explore some of those options. I'm sure that means getting feedback on, you know, kind of where he stands. I'm sure he'll talk with Dan Mullen and his staff and they'll be very supportive about giving him as much direction as they can in terms of where he might land on draft boards right now. Um, you know, how things would shake out if he's available for the combine, if he's not available for the combine, if he can do a pro day workout, all of those kind of the things. Um, but Felipe Franks is, is the bottom line. He's not coming back to Florida. So even if he doesn't go to the NFL draft, he's going to graduate with his degree in either December or the spring. I know he was on track for December last we heard. Um, and then he, you know, if, if the NFL draft is not the option that he pursues, he's going to play elsewhere for his final year. And so Blake, uh, to me, I think that's the right decision, but just how much clarity does that give Florida going forward in terms of the quarterback position? Yeah, I think it gets a it gets the elephant out of the room just because it always kind of seemed that this was the road we were going down. You've got Kyle Trask, who's been playing great, and I, I think some could argue that the passing game is obviously better. Uh, maybe the running game wasn't quite there, and Felipe, I, I think that's one of the big things he did bring to the offense was maybe some ability to use his legs more so than Kyle Trask. But I think the big factor you have to pay attention to is that Emory Jones is the future of Florida and, and I think Kyle Trask did a great job and he'll obviously be back next year that's the plan but I think the uh, the ultimate goal is to continue to get Emory Jones ready to you know to take these reins over at Florida and whenever you have you know a third quarterback in there you know two quarterback systems we, we've talked about it most of the season that you know it, it seemed a little weird when they plug Emory in at these times and it seems like they're kind of forcing this two quarterback system somewhat at times well, you can't force a three-quarterback system, so right. I think we always knew there was going to be an odd man out, and, and it seemed like Felipe was going to be that guy. And, and you know, I, to some extent, I, I think 
think you have to think it, it, just kind of me trying to picture my mind and putting myself in Felipe's shoes. You know, he he's played really well. And, you know, I know his career at Florida started out, you know, pretty rocky, but man, I, he's got these fans that are always on his social media, man. Like, you know, Kyle Trask is better than you, you know, whenever he wasn't doing well, they, you know, they really berated him. So I, I honestly, you know, while I can understand that, you know, when you're shushing fans and, you know, you're kind of talking smack to some fans during Miami games, you know, I, I think he kind of does open the door somewhat to, you know, some of these things. And we're in a day and age now where social media, is, everything is on social media and, you know, people, you know, can say whatever they want to you on there. So, you know, I think a fresh start would do really well for him. But, you know, I think at the same time, too. Dan Mullen really did a good job for him as a quarterback, so I think he should be a little smart, you know, in his next step if he does pick another school and doesn't declare for the draft. Um, I think he should be a little smart and and, and pick a school that's going to continue to kind of help him really build his game as a quarterback because you know you really don't want to revert in that last year and you know kind of take a backslide and you know kind of go back to those maybe early year Felipe Franks with those kind of you know head scratching throws. But you know to an extent, I, I think a fresh start would be good for him. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think fresh starts are probably the, the the best way to put it. I mean, you know, I I don't know. I I didn't sense that the fans were quite as um you know anti Franks this year. I know that sure. He, you know, I, yeah, I'm not saying that the, you know the, I'm not, yeah, I'm not blaming the fans for anything like that. But uh, right. through his career, man, he's had some 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 nasty right. things. He's dealt said with to a him. lot. Right, and I think I think the way that this year started, um, there was a sense of was last year kind of the the the, the max we were going to get out of him. Um, and I and you know I. He definitely was improving, but the improvement was not like you've seen out of Kyle Trask, where it's been very, very clear week to week. You know, we mentioned Trask getting better as a runner. I think I think he's pretty close to where Franks was. I mean, he's been picking up the last several games, picking up some key first downs with his legs, feeling a little bit more comfortable running. Uh, but I think when you talk about Franks, the fresh start's the key. I mean, he's a guy that has all kinds of physical tools, and I think for him, you know, even if he had come back and won the job under Dan Mullen, you run the risk of, okay, well, now we know Kyle Trask is really, really good. Um, if Felipe Frank struggles, does Dan Mullen hesitate as much to go to Kyle Trask as he maybe did, you know, in, in 2018 and 2019? Maybe not. And then at that point, you know, the, the, you know if you're Franks and you're, you're trying to, you know, build up your NFL draft potential, all of a sudden then you're in a real bind. So I, I think for Franks, you know, I would kind of look at the example of Jeff Driscoll, um, you know, obviously struggled, but then ended up at a slightly lower level of football and really put up great numbers at Louisiana Tech. Franks has that kind of ability and that kind of arm strength where he can tear it up from a stat standpoint um, and, and not maybe be at a high level you know, in this SEC where he's having a process and doing all these different things um, to where you can probably get teams in the NFL that are willing to take a shot on you and your, and your upside. I think for Franks, that's probably the best move. Um, but I think for Florida, I think the writing was on the wall here for a little bit. You know, Again, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I just think... You know, it might have been different if his ankle injury was going to be fully healthy and he'd be available for spring. Because at that point, you can say, hey, I'm going to, you know, compete for the job in the spring. And if you're Dan Mullen, even, I think you can agree to say, hey, OK, I'm going to give you and Kyle Trask the spring. If you need a decision after spring, I'll tell you and with the understanding that, you know, whoever doesn't win the job is going to transfer. And you can plan for that if you're Dan Mullen. But I don't think if you're Dan Mullen, you can plan for, you know, an open competition into the fall. And I think. Like you said, you know, two quarterbacks you can kind of manage. I think once you get to three, it becomes very hard to convince Emory Jones to stick around. And I think part of the reason that we've seen Emory Jones get more and more snaps over the last two weeks in particular is to kind of, you know, set that dynamic in place, so to speak, where, hey, Emory, we've got a plan for you. Uh, you are our guy. You're going to have two years of eligibility after Kyle's done. 
And we'll continue to get you more involved, get you more comfortable, give you more of the package next year so that when you step in, there is no question about it. You're our guy going forward in 2021 and 2022. And you know what? If Emory balls out, maybe he's only here for one year. But that's clearly the plan now. And I think having that cemented, I think, gives not just, um, you know, Kyle Trask and Emory Jones some some peace of mind, some comfort. uh, But I think it really gives the entire program more direction because – Florida's just had so many question marks at quarterbacks over the, over the past several years, even with Felipe Franks playing well, um, that now I think you can sell to recruits. We've got our guy. He's getting better. You can see him play. Watch this. Watch what he can do. Uh, come on. Come in and play for him. Like you said, they need receivers. Easy pitch now. You know what I mean? You know exactly what you're getting. You're going to have two years of Emory Jones, and then we, you know, we're going to hand develop Anthony Richardson behind him and, and uh, Del Rio after that. So uh, I, I think you're right, Blake. I think fresh start is the, the right way to put it. I think a lot of people – saw that this was probably the best solution, but that doesn't mean it necessarily was going to play out this way. And I think the fact that it has now played out this way pretty quickly, and and I would say pretty painlessly, I thought Felipe's message to Florida fans in in explaining the move and everything uh, probably went a long way to everybody just feeling better about the entire situation and and maybe even being a little bit more gracious to Franks for, you know, what he did do. And and look, let's be honest, Blake, he did a lot for Florida football. I mean, he really stabilized the transition from Jim McElwain to... Dan Mullen, and he went out and he helped Florida win 10 games last year. It wasn't always pretty, um, but he did a really good job. And I think I think more than anything, he he kind of set the tone for showing what Dan Mullen is capable of just with his own improvement as a football player. Yeah, you know, and one thing I was talking with, uh, I was talking with someone at the game, um, and it was just kind of like we were, it's funny that it happened, you know, the day after, but it, we were kind of just talking about, you know, Felipe Franks and what he could do and, you know, maybe what his plans would be just because it's been a, you know, a big topic of discussion for quite some time. And, you know, I was talking and, and at the time, you know, I was like, well, you know, I don't think the draft is, is something he should do. You know, he's coming off this injury, you know, I don't know how he's going to do a pro day. You know, I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, from what I understood, he, he could be ready to go in the spring, but more than likely it would be ready to go early fall. So then it kind of made me think, you know, he's more than likely transfers the best avenue to go. And, you know, I, I don't know that too many of these, you know, top tier schools, you know, that are looking for a quarterback are, are going to really want a guy that's, you know, maybe not even good to go until till early fall, maybe whenever you start camp. So I, I to me, I think, you know, kind of dropping down to that next level um, to where no matter what, even if you aren't ready to go in the fall, you're, you're more than likely the most talented guy in the roster. So I, mm-hmm. I think that that's probably a good decision for him. You know, you, whenever you're a transfer like that, you really need to make a smart move, you know, because you don't want to go in for, you know, maybe one more year and, you know, share snaps or not play at all. So, right. you know, I was talking. So I, I, I kind of think that, you know, maybe dropping down to maybe, you know, a middle tier type of school where, you know, you spend most of the spring. If it, Let's say you, you make a decision and, you know, you know where you're going right away. You know, you spend that spring really with your head in the playbook learning things. Sorry about um, that. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I think in the fall, if you can do that, then no matter what, you're more than likely probably the most talented guy on the roster and you can kind of get after it and go from there. So, uh, you know, I had been talking with this, you know, on Saturday and it's kind of funny that it happened right after there on Sunday. So I, I wasn't quite expecting, you know, maybe a move so quickly like that. You know, it was really right after the season's in. So you can tell that this has been something that Felipe has been thinking about for a while. And, and I'm sure it's been hard for him. You know, one thing that I've always noticed about Felipe is that the 
team loves him. You know, his teammates love him. Right. You know, he's, he's, he's their guy. So I'm sure it was probably not easy for him over the season to be hurt. And, you know, you see Kyle Trask doing really well. And, you know, the offense is clicking, you know, through the passing game. And, you know, like you said, he's starting to kind of pick up some more of these things on the ground with his feet, which was kind of Felipe's bread and butter. So I'm sure it was probably a really tough year for him kind of sitting back and, you know, being hurt. And, you know, I know we saw in the HBO special that, you know, you said even brought to tears, um, you know, when guys are there kind of trying to pick him up. So I, I, I'm, it, it definitely shows that this is something that's been weighing on Felipe for most of the season. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're all a little surprised that it happened so quickly, but I would venture to guess that Dan Mullen wasn't surprised by this at all. And probably not. Um, I think that the way that Kyle Trask answered a question last week when he was asked about Mullen meeting with the juniors and the draft eligible guys during the bye week, and somebody asked him, well, what, what's the process like for you? Where's your head at? And he was like, uh, what do you mean? He's like, uh, I've still got another year of eligibility here. Like I plan to be back. I think it was clear that there there was at least a an understanding, if not outright discussions, of kind of how this was going to play out. And so, like I said, I think I think the direction now for Florida is very clear in this very important position. And um, you know, like like we talked about, there's some holes to fill. So I think Blake, what we'll do is let's take a quick break here uh, for a quick commercial, and then we'll come back on the other side. I wanted to talk scholarship numbers with you, uh, kind of some of these needs, you know, numbers. Uh, at certain spots on the roster, and then we'll dive into you know where Florida can kind of attack those spots in recruiting right after this break, guys. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. Uh, we're kicking around kind of the next couple of weeks for Florida on the second half of the segment. It's always an interesting time of year. Obviously, Florida doesn't exactly know what bowl it's headed to yet. Um, so the team will kind of be practicing a little bit here and there. But the coaches will also be on the road recruiting ahead of the early signing period, which has really become a big deal. Florida right now, Blake, uh, 
really already in pretty good shape in terms of its recruiting class, just in terms of numbers. It's not like Florida's looking to round out, um, you know, a huge portion of its class. Right now, I believe the Gators have 21 commits. Um, you add Wardrick Wilson to that number as well, get you up to 22. Uh, they just added a transfer in Jordan Pouncey as well um, with the commitment from his brother, uh, brother, right? Ethan Pouncey? Yes, Ethan. <clears throat> yeah, so Florida's class is already pretty full. Um, right now, what we have is 21 on the commitment list. And Blake, the overall number that Florida can take uh, on that commitment list is 27 based on the way initial counters work. Uh, so we're looking at about six more guys, assuming nobody leaves the class. Um, we talked about receiver a good bit. You know, that's an area that Florida obviously will lose four veteran seniors and, and really guys that are going to be, or, or I'm sorry, are guys that were able to be counted on to adjust option routes, really know the entire playbook. I think when you look at the guys that has, that Florida has coming back, that's one of the biggest concerns is outside of Trayvon Grimes. I'm not sure that Florida has anybody on the current roster that they can trust to go out there and run the right route 90, 90, 90, 95% of the time. Uh, you're talking about guys like Rick Wells, Kadarius Tony, Jacob Copeland, uh, even Kyle Pitts to some degree. While a lot of those guys have a lot of talent, we don't necessarily know, you know how good they are at making sure they get those routes right every time. And so, Blake, talking about Jordan Pouncey a little bit, I wanted to you know get your input on both of those takes over the weekend. Um, but my first thought on Jordan Pouncey was he's a guy that is obviously graduating from Texas. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, but he's going to come in as a graduate transfer. So he's a guy that obviously you know progressed pretty quickly through his degree. Uh, so to me, that tells me that's a guy that probably can step in and, and pretty quickly pick up a system. He's been in college for a little longer, so he's used to kind of getting you know that tape study in, kind of learning a playbook. I think that's that's a guy that you can maybe count on for some big contributions next year just because you're going to have question marks about whether some of those younger guys are still fully up to speed on the playbook and some of those veteran things like really diving into film study and whatnot. Sure. And, you know, he brings that, you know, this was a guy out of high school that was committed to Notre Dame. So, you know, he's a smart kid. Um, eventually, you know, yeah, eventually backed off that, you know, he, he signed with Texas and he's been there since that. He was, you know, graduated out of the 2017 class. Uh, I remember um, he worked out actually uh, at one of those Jacksonville satellite camps under the staff then um, as a defensive back. And that's where he was offered originally. So, you know, he's he's really athletic. Um, he played a lot of spots, you know, out of high school, but wide receiver is going to be his spot for Florida, and that's where he was at for Texas. Maybe he didn't have, you know, quite the numbers that I think a lot of fans would hope for, and you know, in a graduate transfer. But he's a guy that's going to come in with two years to play, sort of like Adam Schuler, where he graduated a little earlier, and he has those, you know, those years to play with a red shirt. Um, so he's going to be coming in, and you know, and it, like you said, there's not a lot of, you know, experience. Um, at this wide receiver spot, you know, you're losing a lot of these seniors and, you know, it, it, you could lose some of these, uh, you know, underclassmen that if they wanted to decide to declare early. So um, I know that, you know, wide receiver, I, you know, I've been talking about it for a while as a big need for Florida on the recruiting cycle this, you know, this cycle. Um, but I know that Mullen really wanted to bring in a graduate transfer to have someone in there with maybe a little bit more experience, um, you know, just from being in college. And and obviously they did that with Jordan Pouncey, and it also got him a really uh, talented 2020 commit in his brother Ethan Pouncey, who 24-7 sports has a lot higher than, you know, the industry generator composite. 24-7 has him checking in at 88 in the country, um, number six cornerback. Uh, Ethan was actually hurt his senior year, and, you know, he couldn't play. Um, but his junior tape is really, really good, um, and he's got really good ball skills. He's he's definitely a guy that's going to need to continue to bulk up. He's he's about six one, but he's 
he's pretty skinny. He's like 160 pounds, so he's going to have to add some weight on there. But the good thing is, is that he's planning to be an early enrollee for Florida. So, you know, those are guys that can get in and, you know, get those, um, you know, get in the weight room, get it, you know, get in the film room, you know, kind of play spring ball. So there, there's nothing but positives from him doing that with Florida needing some of these defensive backs. Um, you know, it's looking like C.J. Henderson. Possibly, I expect him to go the draft. I, and I don't know if that's yeah, exactly so decided too. yet. But I, I would be shocked if he didn't. Marco Wilson is another guy that could. You know, I, I don't know that's quite decided yet. But you know, I think he's one that you should probably keep an eye on. So, mm-hmm. regardless, you know, getting him in there. You know, I don't know that Ethan Pouncey's going to be a guy that's going to jump in and play right away. But you know, either way, he's still extremely talented, and it's it's good for the future of Florida. Yeah, well, we're talking about these, you know potential departures by Henderson, Wilson, you know, maybe even a Brad Stewart or a Sean Davis considers. Uh, I think Florida has pretty well planned for that. Uh, you look at their secondary class right now, you've got four guys who were kind of projecting at corner, another three at safety. Uh, they've got the numbers there. Uh, so it's really, you know, it's really going to be to me more about, uh, you know, how quickly Kyir Elam, Jaden Hill, Chester Kimbrough, those guys that already have some experience kind of progress next year. And then I think these guys kind of slide in the best of this bunch. You know, I mean, you're talking seven guys. You're going to have one or two that are ready to play as freshmen. Um, you know, which of those two or three can step in and, and basically fill Elam or Hill's role from this year, you know, where you're getting some snaps, but you're not necessarily counted on to be, you know, a day one starter. Um, I like what Florida's got in the secondary right now. That's a pretty good looking class to me. You know, Rashad Torrance, Travez Johnson, obviously we've talked about being, we think, very underrated. Uh, Fenley Graham's, you know, a guy that's kind of a, a very good playmaker all around and potentially can help you on special teams. Uh, Jahari Rogers and Avery Helm, two other really good guys. I look at Florida's uh, current class on the defensive side of the ball and, um, you know, tell me if you disagree, but other than maybe like picking up another strong side defensive end or two, I think they're in pretty good shape overall. Yeah, absolutely. When you look at the class, you know, like you said, there's it's pretty heavy um, in the secondary, which is a need for Florida at safety, at, you know, adding some guys in there at cornerback, but also, uh, you know, in the defensive line, you know, you have Jervon Dexter, who's, you know, the bell cow of your class. Um, you know, you have uh, uh, Antoine Powell, who's kind of one of those buck type of guys, uh, Johnny Brown. Uh, inside interior guy who I think will end up playing defensive end for Florida on the strong side. One of those guys that you had mentioned, um, Lamar goods. I I think he's another guy who people kind of forget about just because he's taken that one official visit and, you know, he hasn't been back, which, you know, I'm not saying that he's not solid. I expect him fully to be a guy that enrolls early and signs early, but, um, you know, he's a guy that I think a lot of people forget about. Um, just kind of scrolling through the other list that looks like it right now, but Florida still has some needs to fill. You know, you have plenty of targets out there. Timothy Smith, um, Jalen Lee or some guys on the interior part, but I agree. I think you could kind of throw in another one of those strong side DN types. Um, but I, I think it should yeah. be commended the work that David Turner has done on the recruiting. Oh, hundred percent. A lot of people were kind of wondering, you know, when the guy got hired, they're like, where's he at? UTS. Where, where who's this? Yeah, right. And then, you know, I think he's done a really good job and a lot of these kids really have liked him and he's really shaping up to be putting together a really solid defensive line class. Yeah. And you know, Florida got him right in time too. Cause uh, you know, Frank Wilson at UTS, I think it was San Antonio, right? UTS yes. is where yeah. he was coaching that he just got fired. So, you know, it, it, there's the potential that David Turner could have been pursued by a bunch of different schools this off season. Florida's got him locked in. He's doing a hell of a job with the recruiting class. And Blake, you actually, you answered one of my questions. Cause I was wondering if, you know, one of those defensive tackles or guys that we have listed right now at defensive tackle, 
could maybe slide to a defensive end. And I think I think Johnny Brown, you look at his size, what is he, 6'2", like in the 270-ish range? 270-280, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a guy that you look at, you know, you can you can lean a guy up if you need to to get him to move a little bit better or vice versa. Um, you know, I, I think Florida's going to do that probably with a couple of these guys. You know, I Sure, Javon Dexter if... is another guy that's absolutely going to be that. That's a guy exactly. that's going to play anywhere. Um, and, and it's funny um, – David Turner, you know, I always laugh because a lot of these coaches have their go-to, you know, position type of guys. You know, Mullen really likes to throw on the Percy position type um, spot. But David Turner, he coached at Texas A&M whenever Miles Garrett was there. So, you know, his thing is, oh, man, you're the next Miles Garrett for me. And that's what he's saying Jervon Dexter can be for Florida. Um, a guy that can play inside, yeah. he can play outside. Um, I, I expect Jervon to be a guy that's going to come in and, and make a, uh, you know, and really contribute right away. Not a guy that uh, might not enroll early. I, I, I'm getting kind of a, you know, working on it type of answer, and we're kind of running out of time for all of that. But uh, you know, if Florida can get him to enroll early, like he's going to, he's absolutely going to make an impact easily. Well, how's his helmet swinging ability? It's pretty good. Okay, I, I don't know. Say that's the, I, you know, the Miles Garrett position. I don't know. Is that too far? Am I allowed to say that on? I'll, I'll, next time I go for an interview, I'll make sure to kind of have my feet a little light in case I need to duck and dodge. Look, all I'm saying is uh, I've seen Florida commits before throw helmets at referees, you know, and and uh, that guy, Caleb Brantley, he ended up being a pretty darn good player. So maybe there's a little something to having a little bit of an edge about you, you know, Miles, Miles Garrett position. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Blake. Well, uh, I guess the only other place uh, I really had some question marks um, in terms of just the class size, I'm still looking at running back. Uh, can you oh, give us yeah, a brief outline sure. of, I mean, who who right now are your guys that you, at least Florida fans, should circle uh, and keep an eye on when we post these VIP recruiting updates on Swamp 24-7? Yeah, sure. Uh, at this point, you know, Florida's kind of flirting with some numbers here. And, and at, at this time of the year, numbers are so fluid just because you never know. Um, you know, maybe they need someone at, at X spot when they're looking at, you know, people at the Y. You know, I, there's there's different different things that can happen this time of the year and, and I, but running back right now I fully expect Florida to take one I think they could even go up to two it just kind of depends on how things work out they're going to continue to kick the tires on Clemson commit to Marcus Bowman you know Lakeland is a big pipeline type of school for Florida they really love to get those dreadnought players um, I don't know that he's going to visit them I don't expect that I haven't heard anything I haven't heard it it's expected at all or anything but I'm sure Florida is going to continue to drop by Lakeland High School these next couple weeks as they lean up to the early signing period I fully expect Bowman to stick with Clemson but Florida is going to continue to try so I, I should probably throw that disclaimer out there um, other guys Jaquavius Marks um, he's currently committed to Mississippi State out of Atlanta Carver High School uh, he's been to Florida. He was uh, unofficially visited for the Vanderbilt game, and it kind of seemed like things started maybe trending a little bit more towards Florida's way. Um, he's been to Louisville since then for an official visit. This coming weekend, he will be in Starkville um, for his official visit to Mississippi State, and Florida will actually get the final visit, um, official visit, before early signing period. The way things are trending right now, I'm thinking this is probably a guy that you can count into Florida's class. I've heard some things um, that they feel really good, you know, good enough to, you know, they kind of slow played Jalen Knight in a little bit, uh, a guy out of Florida, four-star running back who eventually committed to Miami after backing off a Florida State commitment. So I think Joe Quavius Marks is kind of a bigger reason of why that happened because I think right now that they're looking for a guy that can maybe run a little bit more in between the tackles, um, really explosive runner, and I think that's what Marks brings to the table. So I think he's probably one of the guys to watch closest. Now, a guy that 
from want and need and Florida's interest that they really are high on is a guy that was just on campus this past weekend for an unofficial visit in Jameer Gibbs out of Dalton, Georgia, um, who's currently a Georgia Tech commit, but that verbal pledge has been on life support for like several months now. I'm kind of even surprised. I, I Whenever I write about him, I honestly forget to say he's committed to Georgia Tech just because mm-hmm. I do not expect that to stick whatsoever. So Florida actually got him on campus around 5 p.m. on Thursday, and he was able to kind of watch the team prepare and, you know, go through walkthroughs and, you know, all the little things that, you know, kind of happened leading up to game day. Spent all Saturday there, stayed the night, and left Sunday morning. I don't believe he returned to campus on Sunday. If he did, I didn't see him because I was standing right outside the football offices. Um, But – Florida made a Florida really likes this guy, and a lot of teams really like this guy. You know, he's got offers from Alabama. Georgia's keeping an eye on him. Ohio State um, is keeping an eye on him. They've offered him, and they're trying to get him back on campus again. He visited in the fall, so he's got a lot of these heavy hitter schools that are really trying to press him and, and you know come after him. But he's a guy who's going to sign in February and not in December, so he's got plenty of time. I believe he will be at Alabama for an official visit unless that changes leading up. Um, he should be there on December 13th for an official visit. I expect Florida to get an official visit, but I think this is something where it kind of cranks back up in January leading up to that February period where he takes more official visits. I have heard, though, um, Alabama's got him on campus. This will be his third time when he steps on there for an official. So I think you should keep an eye on them. I think Ohio State is worth watching. But I also have heard that Georgia could be his team to watch. They have not offered yet. Um, but they're keeping an eye on him. You know, they have some running back dominoes that have kind of been in effect here. And and I think that if, you know, a guy like Zachary Evans, a five-star running back who is looking to make a commitment soon, not in play for Florida whatsoever, but I, I think more than likely it's looking like he's going to be committing to LSU. And that was a battle between Florida and LSU. So, you know, if, if he goes to LSU, um, I think you should kind of keep an eye out for Florida or excuse me to for Georgia to potentially get into the mix for Gibbs even more. And I think that would be a big offer for him. And I think that that could be one that would kind of change the tides um, really for everybody. Uh, another guy that I really like, he was also on campus this weekend, too, for an unofficial visit is Henry Parrish. He's out of Miami Columbus. He's teammates with uh, Xavier Henderson, who is a big Florida target out wide, who was on an un- uh, excuse me, an official visit this past weekend. I really like Henry Parrish. They're going to state game. Um, they'll be playing in, in the 8A state game, and he's a guy that's really been a you know a catalyst for them. He's put up great numbers this great year. Great competition too. He's committed to Pittsburgh, and I you know I don't know that that's a school that he's going to end up at. They got on him early. He took an official visit there in June, so now you know here we are. You know peak recruiting season. He's already used his official visit to Pittsburgh. More than likely not going to get back out there again. So um, he was at South Carolina in September for an official visit. Um, I, I, th- I think Florida will get an official visit, but it's kind of still a little gray right now because he's not totally sure if he's going to sign in December or February. So I think depending on that will kind of tell me when he takes that Florida official. I don't know that they're going to want to use one in December um, if he's going to sign in February. I think that might be one later, but if Florida can, you know, maybe – Maybe talk him into, you know, signing earlier, you know, you can flip him or, you know, something like that. You know, then I think I think there's still a little bit of fluidness there um, with how he's going to sign. But I think that's a guy that Florida would really love to, you know, add in as, you know, as a back. Um, For me personally right now, I think that if 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 things could go well for Florida, that, you know, obviously Gibbs is their guy and they would love to flip Bowman. But I think looking at it and being really realistic here, if they're going to take two, depending how the numbers work out, I think Parrish and Marks are the two to watch closest. Awesome. Well, there you have it. That was a pretty, uh, pretty comprehensive recap. Blake, uh, I know you've been covering recruiting 
very, very closely for a long, long time. Uh, I just want to let anybody that's listening to the podcast and maybe is not as familiar with that, uh, I wanted them to know because this this next two to three weeks are kind of they've turned into what used to be January, you know, where you have all this huge lead up to National Signing Day and, and really these battles for the most part. You'll have a couple still, you know, at that normal February signing day window. But for the most part, Florida's class is going to really be decided in the next three weeks. And uh, I know you do a, a hell of a job covering it, uh, if I if I can say that. Um, so I, I did want to tell people. Out. Yeah, well, I'll cut it out later. Uh, but no, seriously, if people, if you guys haven't checked out Blake's work, he does a, a fantastic job of, of staying tuned into the, the recruiting scene. And he's constantly posting VIP updates on each of the the names that he just mentioned and kind of let you know where things stand as some of these other dominoes that he mentioned fall. Um, so we actually are running a cyber Monday special right now. It's one of the best ones uh, we've ever offered since I've been around. You can pay for a monthly membership to take you through the, um, the early signing period. One month will get you through the early signing period and the bowl. Those are only running $1 right now. So fantastic deal for $1. You can get all of Blake's recruiting group basically on how this class shakes out in the long run. Or uh, if you really like our content and want to try us out longer term and you've been kind of on the fence, uh, for Cyber Monday only, we're offering a 75% off uh, deal for an annual subscription, uh, which is a tremendous value. You get us, obviously, for a full year. That would throw you through next football season. Dan Mullen, obviously, you know, building quite, a, quite an impressive thing going here at Florida. You get all the, you know, the recruiting scoop from not just the early signing period, but also National Signing Day. So I just wanted to plug that real quick, guys. Um, again, I apologize that we didn't have the FSU preview podcast. That was totally on me. I uh, kind of forgot the equipment and, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. Family took precedence over spending, you know, an extra seven hours driving back and forth to pick up my podcast equipment. Anyway, guys, that's going to do it for us today. Unless Blake, you got anything else to add? No, uh, I mean, you pretty much said it. I gear up Florida fans. It's going to be a pretty, it's recruiting season, man. It's going to be crazy. All right, guys. Well, uh, that'll do it for us today. That Cyber Monday promo is only running today, so uh, if you do want to jump in on the VIP train and get all these recruiting updates, be sure to visit Swamp247.com. We've got details right there on the first page, and uh, we hope a lot of you guys take advantage, um, and we hope you guys enjoy the show today. We will be back. Uh, I don't, we haven't really talked about it, but we will be back within the next week. We for sure. will we're, be we're back. At a minimum, uh, we, we, we're doing a weekly podcast. I know I'm laughing that we missed the, uh, the preview podcast, Blake, because I had just... Uh, responded to a poster on swamp 24 7 that said we weren't on a regular schedule and i was like lining out how we were we were pretty regular and then of course we missed the fsu podcast so anyway guys my apologies for that we'll see you guys next time thanks for tuning in Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 